Welcome to the Legal Download Podcast, a rundown of the latest issues impacting your business from Kelly Dry. Hello, and welcome to the Legal Download Podcast. I'm Aaron Burstein. I'm a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Kelly Dry and Warren. And I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast today, Kendall Berman, who is the general counsel at Alloy. With the political calendar creeping up on election day 2020, there's a tremendous focus on political campaigning and the use of data to help candidates conduct their campaigns. And Kendall finds herself right in the middle of that very interesting world. As I mentioned, Kendall is the general counsel of Alloy, but before that, she worked at a major Washington, D.C. law firm and also brings extensive government and campaign experience to the job, including roles as an associate White House counsel and a deputy general counsel in the Department of Commerce. So we're very pleased to have Kendall with us today. And um, let's just dive right in to start filling out the picture about what Alloy does and what sorts of privacy and data protection issues the company runs into in providing its services. So sticking with that big picture, um, Kendall, could you start off just telling us a little bit more about Alloy? What's its mission? What kinds of clients does it serve? And what specific services does Alloy offer to its clients? Well, sure, Aaron. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. And it's nice to talk to you about this. Uh, I love talking about Alloy and I love this topic generally. So um, it's very nice to chat with you about it. Um, so Alloy is a data and technology company, um, but it's focused on the progressive political community. Um, so our customers are really political campaigns, committees, state parties, nonprofits, um, 501c4s, um, and you know companies that work with those types of entities um, that are doing political or electoral work. I can tell you about two of our main products. Um, The first is called uh, Verify, which is um, our voter registration API. It's very timely um, with all the attention about voter registration this week. And this product allows, for example, a voter registration group um, to track and and check the voter registration status of the individuals that they're helping to register to vote. Um, So with the API, they're able to enter in, you know, basic information on uh, the individual and uh, we return the latest information um, straight um, on the voter rolls. Um, So this is, you know, the information that's coming from the secretaries of state, uh, the boards of elections, you know, from the the states that keep this information about who is registered, um, purged, inactive, what the status is about the individual. Um, So we deliver that information through the API and and we can also help um, monitor those individuals for the interested groups that we work with um, to ensure that they are um, getting registered properly and that they're getting on the rolls. Um, So that's the first product. And then the the second product that we offer um, that I can talk about is uh, it's more simple and that's called Source. Um, And that's our voter file product. So that is also information that we have on registered voters around the country, um, along with other demographic information. 
um, and information on how to contact those voters, modeling information, for example. Um, but what Alloy has really invested in this cycle and really sets us apart is that we have more information on unregistered but eligible voters in the key states that our, our customers are interested in. And we offer this product is a subscription model. Um, so if you're interested in this, you'd select your, you know, sort of your universe. So say you're interested in getting information on registered voters in Pennsylvania, but unregistered women in North Carolina, um, you would get that data provided to you in a monthly subscription and you'd get refreshes on that data um, and whatever we're able to acquire on those voters um, for a low monthly subscription fee. Um, and in exchange, you would validate that data and send it back to us. Um, and so that's just a little overview of what types of products we offer at Alloy. Excellent. Thank you for the overview. You mentioned a couple of, of main uses that political campaigns and, and related electoral operations are um, conducting with, with Alloy's services. Um, a question is, do campaigns use the data for developing general strategies? Are they being used for individual voter outreach? Um, is it some of both? Um, kind of what's, what's maybe in a little more detail, um, what's the, the spectrum of, of how campaigns are using the data that they get from Alloy? Yeah, it definitely depends on um, the type of partner that we're working with. And in our organization, we tend to call our customers partners, um, just to alleviate any confusion on that front um, at Alloy. Um, but, you know, by and large, data is really at the heart of what our partners need. Um, so whether it's a political campaign or a voter registration nonprofit or an advocacy organization, they're really all built around the people that they are trying to reach. Um, and so starting with, you know, the voter themselves, um, they need to know who is a registered voter in the area that they're focused on um, and then who is eligible to be registered. Um, and our customers are using the data that they um, get from Alloy to do voter outreach and a whole you know, host of ways and in particular, you know, in this season for GOTV or get out the vote programs, um, you know, which there can be a wide variety um, you know, just, you know, reflecting for a moment on the impact that COVID-19 has had on the types of programs our partners are running. If you would think back, you know, to previous election cycles, you know, you would have, you know, a lot more door knocking going on, you know, now that shifted you know, quickly to what um, folks have been, you know, are able to do, um, you know, that type of outreach takes different kinds of data. Um, and so, you know, it's just those kinds of shifts and strategies, you know, you have to shift the kinds of data that you have available and, you know, think differently. And that, that just takes data. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of one example. Great. Let, let's talk a little bit more about the data that makes Alloy's services possible. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there are two main sources. You have voter file information or voter registration information from public sources, and then perhaps data from other sources. Um, is that a fair way to describe the types of data that you're getting? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about the particular challenges that go along with 
um, obtaining and using and curating those different types of data. Yeah, I think that's a great way to break it down. Um, you know, I think when you're obviously a, a, a company that's focused, you know, on on working in in politics, you start with the the public voter file data. Um, and, you know, that's coming from the secretaries of state and the boards of election from each state and obtaining that data is, is, is really complicated because of the immense variety of ways in which it, it just is available and the different ways in which the states um, make it available. You know, it's just a it's a very complicated bureaucracy at the end of the day. Um, and then there's different rules that apply to it in terms of the restrictions, you know, but of course, that data alone isn't sufficient. For example, if we only had the publicly available data, then, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, certain contact information. Um, so we supplement that data as well, um, because not all of the states provide all the pieces of information um, that you need. And I think, as I mentioned before, um, you know, we also have information on unregistered individuals. You know, that has been very important to Alloy. Um, and that's obviously not something that we get from the secretaries of state. It's the opposite. Um, and we have modeling information. So that's information that, you know, shows a propensity to vote, you know, Democratic, for example, or, you know, certain issue areas that are interested, that are of interest to, to voters. Um, but I think, you know, what's unique to Alloy or to, you know, for companies in the space is on data acquisition is that public data piece, you know, because on the one hand, you know, in many of the states, that's, this is, you know, truly public data, um, you know, that's available to anyone who requests it. But in other states, in other ways, it's highly restricted with a lot more uh, rules around it, you know, than other forms of data that a company can obtain. Um, you know, I think the word patchwork gets thrown around a lot in uh, data privacy is particularly policy work. But, you know, this is really the ultimate patchwork when you think about all, you know, 50 states and uh, and, and D.C. having different uh, rules around how this data can be obtained and what, uh, what restrictions are placed on it, depending on each state. And, um, you know, we think we live in that patchwork um, every day with the work that we do. But I think, you know, when it comes down, what it comes down to for Alloy, at least, is we just, uh, you know, we think about how can we be good stewards of this data, um, regardless of what the law permits. Um, and, you know, while the information, you know, that's actually contained in the voter file in some ways is, you know, largely, you know, phone book type of data in some ways, it's, you know, it's, you know, address and, you know, phone number sometimes information, we set, you know, a, a high bar for ourselves in terms of keeping the interests of the data subject always in mind and, um, you know, always asking ourselves, you know, how can we ensure that we're being good stewards of this data and keeping, you know, within the the sort of keeping of our mission um, at Alloy um, to be true to, to what we're using this data for, as well as obviously complying with the different state restrictions. Great. So let's stick with that issue of data stewardship for a minute. Since the 2016 election, and certainly to some extent before that, um, there's there's been a focus on the use of data for political purposes and the possibility of using data that seems relatively uninteresting on its own to... Um, generate 
insights, uh, you know, uh, obviously some high profile instances of that happening in the past. Um, but you, you mentioned that, that in addition to the specific legal restrictions that Alloy is under in its, its use of data, um, data stewardship is an important part of, of the company and its values. Um, could you tell us a little more about how that gets implemented through the company, both as a value and in the way that Alloy develops its products and, and maintains data throughout its life cycle? implemented. Sure. Well, you know, Alloy was founded, you know, not too long ago. We're, we're a young company, um, but it was founded on the belief that, you know, in, in part that there's a better way to manage data throughout the progressive ecosystem. Um, and that includes doing, you know, better by security and privacy. Um, and we have a set of data principles um, that we have posted on our website. Um, and I, you know, really sets forth for us, um, at a general level, um, but, you know, is still, you know, a, a kind of a through line on how we use data, how we obtain it, and how we act responsibly with that data. So just to, I guess, think of a few examples um, of how we apply that within our products, you know, starting with the API that I described for our voter registration API, using APIs in general, um, you know, is uh, something that, you know, not all of our partners were familiar with in this way. And we built our voter registration product as an API because, you know, we knew that, you know, giving our partners, you know, the freshest voter file data around the country um, was, you know, very important to the work that they were doing. But doing it in this way would minimize, you know, the files that needed to be passed around and shared. Um, and that this would be a simple, you know, but sort of meaningful way to improve, you know, both privacy and security. Um, so just making those, you know, sort of subtle improvements and raising up the level um, of how everyone is doing this work could make, you know, a, a meaningful improvement in that space. And then, you know, sort of within that Verify API, just within the work that Alloy is doing, as an example, we we launched what we're, we're calling the, the fuzzy search endpoint as a, as a beta. And this is something that allows our partners that's using the API to, for example, search for the res- registration status of individuals with less complete you know, information and receive more match possibilities in return. So typically speaking, our, our Verify API is an exact match um, API where you really needed to have all the specific categories of information of, a, of an individual's voter registration information in order to find out, you know, whether they were registered or not. Um, you know, that is difficult sometimes when you don't have complete information. Um, and so what Fuzzy Search was, you know, is able to do is, you know, return more possibilities um, in response to partial information, but then you have, you know, the possibility of sharing information um, in a way that um, would reveal more information that would, you know, raise a, a privacy issue. Um, so the way we addressed it, for example, is instead of if you have a, you know, a John Smith or something and you have their address, but not their date of birth, what our product team and engineers did was they built the search tool 
um, so that the information that was returned was instead of, you know, multiple choices on date of birth, it was the range of ages that was returned instead of the actual date of birth. Um, so that the person could sort of figure out from that information, whether it was the junior, you know, or the senior that was living at the address rather than, you know, have information be provided back that would be able to identify someone by their date of birth. So that's kind of a cool way that, you know, sort of still reflects, you know, what the the partner's, you know, needs were in terms of the information they needed back, but still maximizes, you know, the privacy interests of the individuals. And I think that, you know, sort of being sort of translating the need there, you know, both in terms of this was our the goal of the of the product team, you know, while, you know, sort of reflecting back the privacy interests at the same time and just having that marry at that moment was a really it was the way in which um, folks worked together really quickly to build that. And it worked really well. So so you have a variety of um uh, types of privacy protections in place with privacy values, um, as well as the design of the services themselves that Alloy offers. When it comes to more strictly speaking legal obligations that, that Alloy faces or um, binding commitments, uh, whether they're through laws or, or regulations or, or contracts, for example, um, what, what are sort of the main privacy legal issues that, that you're particularly concerned about on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I guess to be honest with you, I worry in this job in particular, I worry less about specific like laws and obligations, and I worry more about how to manage them within the timeline of the election cycle. So from the perspective of my career, it was for a relatively brief time, a, a campaign lawyer. And then I moved into the data privacy and security space for about 10 years. And now I'm kind of back and working in the capacity where all three are relevant. Um, and a lot of what's important to know in the election cycle is that it is truly a cycle and you have these, you know, very hyper intense periods followed by these dormant periods. And that's like a challenge, as, as you know, Aaron, for data management. Um, it's not great, um, particularly for security. Um, and you need to invest continuously and regularly, and you need to be thinking, you need to have sane minds thinking about these issues as a constant. Um, and I guess all of this is to say, and I guess, you know, we're approaching, what is it, 29, 28 days before, you know, just this, you know, hugely important, um, high profile, all eyes on the of the world on us election, you know, all of what you've built now, you know, matters. Um, and everything that you've done up until now has becomes very, very hyper relevant. Um, and we're really, you know, interconnected and so much of what we do depends on each other. So there's a real rising tide element of this work. And I think that, you know, I th- so I don't know that maybe this is more of a feature of the transactional aspect of the practice, you know, more so than it is, you know, regulatory or, or, you know, true sort of uh, compliance or legal one in that way. Um, But I I think that sort of um, the, the, the timeline pressure is the one that I, I I find most acute within this particular job. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a big challenge. You're, you're both sort of, building the plane as, as you're flying in terms of developing (laughs) 
products um, in, a, in a young company and then just dealing with deadlines that simply don't move because they are, they are election dates. Um, so I, I, I hope that once things settle down and maybe you take a, a needed vacation, um, but uh, maybe have time to uh, reflect on, on the work that has gone into, into the company's services over, over the last months and, and year and, and take lessons away from it to, uh, to build for the future. But s- since you mentioned your, your prior experience um, in government and with campaigns and in, in private practice, you know, have all of those experiences come into play in, in helping you navigate the issues that you face as general counsel? You know, are, are there any particular um, skills or experiences from your past that, that you've found to be particularly helpful in this role? Yeah, no, I am been I've drawn upon and have been grateful at <laughs> many moments from uh, having both been you know obviously the the, the campaign experience was valuable uh, for lots of different reasons in this job, but having been at, at a firm and having served in government, been able to draw upon that has been super helpful um, in lots of different ways. But I guess specifically with the the law firm experience, you know, simply getting the variety of work that I did um, and the variety of clients that I got to work with, you know, I was um, in the data privacy and cybersecurity practice, but being able to understand, you know, just how large companies of so many different stripes think about you know, and manage risk and address compliance and contracting and, you know, policy challenges and litigation and all the, you know, all the issues that, you know, you, you work on, Aaron. Um, it was just, it, it's been very valuable to me. Um, even though the type of company that Alloy is, is not, you know, anything like the type of client I had while I was at the firm, it's, it's, you know, it just definitely, I think, strengthens my perspective, um, having been able to sort of see having those insights to bring those to bear and then government is very different specifically my role I think you know when you're it was not a you know a a trial lawyer DOJ or you know doing any of you know true sort of as a lawyer in that capacity it was a I served as a deputy general counsel at the commerce department and then the council's office in the white house and so it was a sort of a distinct role in that way but I Probably what I I learned in that job was um, that it was really how to think about problems not as a lawyer, um, um, but yet solve them as a lawyer. So I guess by that I mean how to kind of come around, you know, sort of all the different aspects of an issue, um, you know, the policy, the political, the communications considerations, you know, and how to sort of work with all the folks that have that as their primary job, but to factor all of those concerns into the advice that you give the client. I mean, ultimately you are the lawyer, so you need to give the legal advice, but the, you know, those considerations um, will affect, you know, how it's been um, understood and received. And so you, you know, you do need to, you know, sort of, I think, be a, be a good counselor um, as well. And, you know, I think that's when you're general counsel, you know, you, you're a counselor, for the company too. And, and you, you, I wear a lot of hats. And so I think that training was, I was well-served in the government um, for that as well. So it's been good. It's kept me on my toes. 
Excellent. That's that's um, generally all all we can ask for. And recognizing that the number of problems for you to solve has probably grown in the time that um, that we've been having this discussion, I will uh, <laughs> let, let you get back to your inbox. But I do want to thank you for a very illuminating and interesting tour through um, through the political data world and some of the privacy and data protection issues that uh, that you're dealing with at Alloy. So um, thank you very, very much for joining us on the legal download today. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me. And just for um, folks listening out there, if you have any privacy questions uh, or issues that you'd like to discuss, you can reach me, Aaron Burstein, at aburstein at kellydry.com or check out our privacy uh, practice group page at kellydry.com. Thanks so much for listening. For additional information on this and other topics, please visit kellydry.com. Kelly Dry has podcasts available through your podcast provider.